Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from uh. What Culture, here to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Manonarao, NXT Dupac, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week Please, well, everybody, get a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Friday night SmackDown. You and Hamlet switching roles this week. He switching will be, gears. Switching gears. Uh, he'll be reviewing Rampage. Uh, how did you like the trade up this week? Very little. Do you want to talk about the Rochambeau from uh, Rampage instead? Yeah, it was incredible. Ricky Starks is an absolute star. Um, everything we say about him, everything we missed about him, he showcased in a fabulous, fabulous all-round performance. He just emerged from that entire presentation as someone who, like, one of the many guys, just strap him up, just creates so many belts. So all of the, I know he's got one. But give him, <laughs> give him, sorry, Taz, but give him a goddamn real belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Rochambeau counter was great. Um, loathe though I am is to put over Joe Lethal. Uh, Joe Lethal? <laughs> Jay Lethal, like... He's genuinely quite masterful of putting together these 12-minute yeah. matches that function to get over the stars that they're interested in building long-term. But um, that was the Ricky Stark show. But unfortunately, I'm not reviewing the Ricky Stark show. Nope. One thing I'll say about the Ricky Goddamn Stark show <laughs> is that we get fight TV in the UK. And it's weird. Like Sometimes you see the stuff in the break. Sometimes you have to listen to the Rampage theme on a five-second loop for like four <laughs> minutes. And it just sucks. For whatever reason... Maybe because stocks were so good during the break, like the UK and like international market um, saw Ricky Starks just control the audience, maintain the heat, do little things to keep them interested so that when they returned from the commercial break, that crowd was still hot. Like Ricky Starks was just awesome. He was like getting a fan to film. I saw this, yeah. And the guy failed to do it, but that worked perfectly because Ricky Starks was miffed and he's like, go on, press record, press record, press record, you idiot, Mark. Called the one Brock Lesnar guy? Yeah, he called the Brock Lesnar guy a Mark. Yeah. The, another guy eventually got his phone to work and it worked so well because the longer it took this guy to film, Jay Lethal didn't look like an idiot and just sort of started beating Ricky Starks' ass. But then Ricky Starks took over again because he was getting the heat during the break. And by the time they returned, he was just like going, oh, no, woof, woof. <laughs> and he was like on the top post, like kissing his bicep. And the crowd were like eating out of his hand. And like it just 
Freak Starks is the boy. Uh, no one on the show is as good as him. <laughs> yeah. Other than Roman Reigns, but he's in a program I don't care about. It was a very... It was a lot of stuff happened on this show. Not sure how much good stuff happened, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Because there were moments I really enjoyed on this show. Anyway, let's start at the beginning. Uh, because unsurprisingly, the show started with a big old recap of, of what went down at the Royal Rumble. Not just uh, in... Well, in all the matches, basically. In the two world title matches and, of course... Uh, Brock Lesnar coming out at number 30 to win the Royal Rumble. Then we got the uh, bloodline making their entrance, which meant we were eight minutes into the show until something I actually had to watch happen. So I already thought this is why this is the best show of the week. <laughs> I was flying through this last night, Sige. Uh So they get in there. Of course, Paul Heyman, uh, the special counsel for Roman Reigns, gets on the stick, uh, runs down the crowd a bit and then says, look, we're only here to acknowledge what really happened. There was no plot. There was no scenario, no conspiracy. This wasn't done to make Brock Lesnar look foolish. Um it was just the trajectory of this entire industry unfolding before our eyes. Uh, he talked about making the biggest mistake of his professional career, getting fired, getting chinned by Roman Reigns, and he deserved every bit of it. Uh, and there he was, like an unemployed Oklahoman in an ocean of obscurity after being ejected from the island of relevancy. <laughs> He saw a chance, though, got Brock Lesnar in that WWE title match at day one, and he thought, you know what, everything's going to be fine. You're going to have Brock on Raw, Roman on SmackDown, everyone's ruling, everyone's kept apart. Well, then, bloody first night as champion, Brock Lesnar comes to SmackDown, challenges Roman, title versus title at WrestleMania. It's stupid. How stupid is that? It's stupid as his, his damn smile, his, his beard, his stupid ponytail. Look, just accept your place in history over on Raw but you couldn't do that. Instead, he picked a fight. And then Heyman was trapped with the happy farmer who wants to take everyone to Suplex City, he said. Um, and at the Rumble, he did take Bobby Lashley to Suplex City. And then Roman Reigns arrived to show the conqueror that a goat can always <laughs> slay a beast. Um, he thought he was going to spend his life repeating the Brock Lesnar introduction. He sort of goes to do it and then announces, we will never hear him do that again. Um, Roman Reigns smashed Brock and Heyman then understood. He doesn't need to protect Roman from Brock. He's got to protect Brock from Roman. Roman offered Heyman the hand of forgiveness, the hand of love, the hand of family, the hand of the bloodline, and the hand of acknowledgement. And he uh, handed Roman Reigns the WWE title and Roman smashed Brock in the face with it. Because of that, obviously, Bobby Lashley is the new WWE champion Acknowledge there will be no title versus title match at WrestleMania. Brock isn't going to get what he wants. He will do what Roman wants done. And at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar will acknowledge the champion, Roman Reigns. He acknowledges Roman Reigns as his tribal chief and then ensures that Oklahoma City has a chance to do the same. And all of a sudden, Goldberg's music hits. And to be fair, he did get a snap crackle and he used <laughs> from the crowd. Uh, Roman Reigns can't believe what he's seeing or hearing. You have the big Goldberg introduction, which we've seen quite a lot nowadays. Uh, Goldberg chant, like I said, he comes down to the ring, gets on the mic and says, I acknowledge you, Roman Reigns. That's my next victim. <laughs> And he challenged him for the Universal title in Saudi Arabia at Elimination Chamber. Uh, no mention of the Seth Rollins thing. Nope. What, they what? did a video package a bit, but it was just like, why oh, well, he snapped because he thought about the shield a bit. Why did that finish? Like, why do that finish when you've spent this long getting him over as this level of star? 
they think, I'll tell you what it is, they think that protects Seth, and in a way it does. He's more, a lot more justified going into the other title match now than if he'd lost. And then they think, well, isn't that going to damage the presentation of Roman Reigns, that he always has to either cheat or lose to win or retain his title? And they go, oh, no one will remember that. They'll be thinking about Goldberg next. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I do get it. I'm just playing uh, devil's advocate here. This was okay, I guess. Um, Paul Heyman talked a lot, <laughs> kind of drifted in and out. Um, the main selling point of this promo was Goldberg being back. I acknowledge you. It's goddamn bitch. <laughs> is effectively what he said. Look, it's just boring at this point. My uh, Roman, I broke up with my girl. Here's her number. Psych! That's the wrong number! That's <laughs> basically what he did. I don't know. It, this all depends on how much latitude you have towards the Goldberg character. None. None. Sick. Sick. I'm, I'm so bored of this. Like, I, I, I get that he had a decent match with Lashley in Saudi last time out. He's got a... Do you know one? No. No. In terms of, is he going to either disgrace his reputation or, more importantly hurt his opponent with his absolutely just rotten work. He's got a little bit more currency in the bank. Um, it's the kind of thing that when this actually happens, irrespective of the backdrop, which we yes. do not like, it will be quite hot, I think. It will be... No one's buying he's winning the title, though. Uh, we say this about AEW quite a bit. It'll be so hot in that building. Yeah, that's suppose. And it'll be such a spectacle that you just, you'll, like, you'll lose yourself in it for all of five minutes. It's going to be inoffensive, I think, is the best way of putting it. Like, I'd rather a part-timer <laughs> went in there, did five minutes of bombs, if that, and then got the hell out of the way. Better than Triple H and Undertaker in Australia going 27 absolutely humiliating minutes, which I also found hilarious. But yeah, I got the joke after... the right reasons. Yes. Uh, and I suppose we're talking about this a little bit on the news today. Better that it's Goldberg and that Roman Reigns can definitively beat him to set him up with the match at um, Brock at WrestleMania than it be Drew and they have to do more shenanigans. Oh, Christ, I... Uh, look, I expect this to be inoffensive, as I've just said. The build was a Goldberg build. Like, he comes out, he says, you're next, gets a huge bab, then just goes away. At least he didn't, A, headbutt a door, presumably. He seemed fine before he came out. And B, go, all right, well, you're disrespecting these legends when Roman hadn't said anything. Yeah. So it was like, like you say, for a match, we all sort of, I mean, we are talking about it on Friday, previewing it. It was all very much... It to be expected, but this is the road to WrestleMania. I mean, it's just so uninspiring and lazy. You get the old legend who a lot of people have completely lost any kind of um, interest in, clearly not the people in the crowd, saying his catchphrase, and then he'll do his two moves. It's just, I'm so bored. Ultimately, I'm so bored. I'm so bored that I can't really bury it like, oh, goddamn part-timers taking a job. Of ricochet, as if he's ever going to have a hope, you know, like a long past not knowing what this company is. Uh, this is just the way they do the Goldberg thing, and yeah. it was a really boring thing. I just and I love, don't give a toss about it. I love the fact that, as, as far as I'm aware, and I don't really keep tabs on this sort of thing, but as far as I was aware, there was talk a while back that he had one match left on his WWE contract around the time he, you know, he'd, he'd fought Drew, I think, possibly, or maybe, maybe Lashley. No, it was Drew. Because then I was like, oh, cool. So we've only got to, you know, we've only got to do one more Goldberg match. We could just be the fun, you know, Dolph Ziggler squash that we got at SummerSlam, for example. 
And then it's like, oh, by the way, Saudi shows don't count towards that one match left. And it's like, all he'll keep doing is Saudi shows. And be like, well, still under contract. So, yeah, it is what it is, this sort of thing. Um, years ago, I was talking about this before we started recording. Years ago, I'd have been out of my chair to hear that theme hit and him come out and on the fireworks and smoke and what have you. But I think I've seen everything Goldberg has to offer in WWE. He's only got three things. You're yes. next, a spear and a jackhammer. <laughs> and that's literally all the good dude's got. And it used to... Goldberg's particular style has aged horrifically. Like, he's never been a great worker. He doesn't know any dark arts tricks. It's not like Sting. Like, Sting's yes. style and the way in which he's presented by AEW is, like, eternally magic. Someone like a Chris Jericho can modify his style, incorporate more brawling elements, cheating shortcuts. Like, there's a way to age gracefully as a professional wrestler. In fact... Um, some are so good at the minutiae, the nuance, the space between moves that if anything, they get better when they get older. Like, look at Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Goldberg's particular explosive high-impact style just doesn't work when he's this age, and I'm just so goddamn bored of it. Do you think he sees himself as sort of Liam Money Neeson? Money-grubbing absolute bastard. I was going to say, like, Liam Neeson in Taken. Like, I've got a particular set of skills. Set of skills to make me a nightmare for... Bookers, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's just, he's the worst guy to do the legend bit. We're still over. You have to approach this with the idea of, like, pretty passionate, hardcore fans who like the wrestling more than the actual brand are going to get bored by this, but there's an arena full of people who like the brand and the stars more than the wrestling, and maybe we are not their voice. I will say this. It was, you know, not through any great planning by WWE but I did like the fact that they acknowledged this was meant to happen two years ago at Wrestlemania which is I mean they have to try really hard to screw that story up in what two weeks before the chamber like yeah. Yeah, that is good I'll give them that but I think that was more fortuitous I think is the word than, than yeah, actually yeah. planned because obviously Roman LTST yeah there you go uh, right so there was that, which I did quite enjoy to open the show. It is what it is. I'm bored. And then we had a baffling series of matches. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about this. It's a waste of my time. Well, we recap it for people who are, who give a toss. I, I there's no words. Yeah. So we had Ridge Bloody Holland versus Ricochet. We've had sort of variations of this match involving Sheamus and Cesaro for weeks, if not months, now. And uh, they talked about what happened at day one with the broken nose and what have you. And. Yeah, so Ricochet gets the early advantage. Then Holland comes back because he's a big old brute and rocks him, hits him with a knee, hits him with an uppercut. Um, Holland drops him on the ring apron. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus are sort of cornering these two men and they get arguing at ringside. This distracts Ridge Holland and as he's coming back in, Ricochet catches him with a code breaker and gets the one, two, three and Sheamus is furious with with everyone but himself. The referee, Cesaro, etc. And... I thought, oh, okay, not, not the decision I necessarily would have made, but, oh, they're doing this, I suppose, going forward. And then they went to a break, I believe, and we came back, and they went, well, during the break, it's been made into a tag match. And I was like, what's been made into a tag match? The match was over. And then this match only went like two minutes. So they effectively had a five-minute slot for a wrestling match, and they went, what if we put two wrestling matches in there? And no one gets over, because... Ridge Holland and Sheamus won this one. So they, they come back. The heels are in control. They're beating up Cesaro. Ricochet gets the hot tag, does some nice stuff, uh, hits a springboard clothesline on Ridge Holland, misses a plancher, though. Holland takes him out. 
And then Cesaro and Sheamus, the legal men. Cesaro gets Sheamus up for a superplex. In the midst of this, Holland makes a blind tag. So Cesaro hits the superplex, but then turns around and gets hit with the northern grit by Ridge Bloody Holland to get the victory for himself and Sheamus. So what did this accomplish? Things happened, the result of which was literally nothing, so I'm not talking about it. Like, not literally, for all intents and purposes, nothing happened, so let's move on. There's literally nothing I can say on the preview next week to either you or Hamlet that has advanced... This hasn't advanced the story one jot. Who's, like, who's actually getting over by this? I like the dynamic of, of Seamus and I his don't, prodigy. It's all, it's all really boring and pointless. But I what, like... What, 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 what happened next on the show? I'm hard bastard. You, I broke my nose. You've got a broken nose mask thing. But surely they should go on a... Bit of a tear, not get what? beaten by Ricochet and then have to win a tag match. What happened next on the show? Well, that, what happened next? At Elimination Chamber, Michael Sidgwick, yep. we have, uh, I believe this is on the card. Yes, the Viking Raiders versus the Usos. The Viking Raiders won that. Um, I think it was a four-way number one contenders match a while back. Having lost in three minutes the week prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we got a one-on-one match. Jimmy Uso versus Eric. So one member of each team taking on each other. Now, I will say, maybe this is me being very generous, I understand what they were trying to do here, i.e., those Usos, they're slippery little bastards. They're such a good tag team that you really have to be a cohesive unit, even in singles matches, to defeat them. Because Eric gets the advantage, hits Jimmy with a knee to the face, but as he's dominating, Jay gets involved, he interferes, distracts Eric to a certain extent, Ivar goes after him at ringside, but Jay gets out of the way, just moved, as I think Ivar jumped off the steps. Eric goes for a full Nelson slam. Jimmy escapes. Super kick. The We The Ones splash thing off the top. One, two, three. In like 90 seconds, they pin one half of the number one contenders. Oh, uh, terrible, obviously. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. There's a million ways of building up a title challenger that doesn't involve them losing. It's the one thing we didn't want to happen. Like, what's what's this? Like, it's so incomprehensibly bad. The the very fact, right? And I don't give a toss about this anymore. Oh, I don't like it when you talk about AEW on a WWE podcast. The fact that there's a WWE versus AEW like culture war. Delights me. How is it even a competition? Mm-hmm. How can you even argue that one promotion's better than the other in any way, shape, or form? Yes, there's a lot of blood in AEW. Yes, the backstage interruptions are what they are. Yes, it's a bit of comedy. They never do. They've never done anything as bad as this, like ever. It is incomprehensibly, bafflingly, inexplicably, brainworm stupidity. So stupid. So bad that it literally the only thing you can do is call into question the mental faculties of the guy who's booking this. I, I see, I've seen nothing like this since the year 2000 WCW <laughs> that rivals it in terms of just how absolutely stupid, counterproductive, telegraphing nonsense. Don't get me wrong, if Eric wins this match, I don't turn around to you and go, chance they could take the titles at Elimination Chamber. Of course they're not. They're going to send the bloodline into WrestleMania with all the gold. Yeah. I'm confident of that fact. And maybe, I don't know, would I have given this more praise had they got rid of the tag bollocks that we had and just given Raymond Rowe and Jimmy Uso all that time? Because I have no doubt they could make a brilliant singles match with, with 10 minutes rather than 90 seconds, like I said. But at the end of the day, 
if the story is, and like I say, I can partially understand why they did this. If the story is this killer Viking man went, what's going on over here? And then turned around and got pinned. Um, what? This is just a total waste of time. Uh, well, the we, next... We moan when AEW all too often books a match with a with a star against a guy who's either sliding down an age or like, they're too young to really get the wins yet. And it's a bit predictable. Like, it's still the thing you should do, even if it gets a little bit redundant. This is the thing you don't do, and it's a complete waste surely, of, my, of my time. Surely, like, and I don't want to make the Usos look weak, but surely if you have... If you're going to do it this way around, beat the Usos. That's stupid as well. This is what I was going to say. Surely if you have Eric pins Jimmy this week, and then Ivar pins Jay next week, and then like on the go home for Elimination Chamber, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's in two weeks' time. Romans are going, pull your fucking finger out. Like, and then they really have to FTR it up in terms of like getting their sneaking stuff in that the fans, oh, bloody hell, ref, you've missed that sort of thing because they are sensational as a tag team but they are not as good as they think they are as, as actual wrestlers and performers, and Eric and Ivar look at the size of them. You, you're wasting your time, Will yes, At this point, it's like saying, oh, why does a baby sh itself? <laughs> does, doesn't that create more work for the parents? Shouldn't they just instead have a sh in the toilet? It's like, well, no, they're a baby. They don't know any better. <laughs> you can't possibly rationalize with a three-month-old infant. Say, oh, come on, man. Have a sh in the toilet. I'm sick of looking at these nappies. Well, speaking of uh, that sort of thing, more Natalia Aaliyah stuff. I mean, they neglected to do it whatsoever in the Royal Rumble, but here we are again. Uh, Natalia, again, desperate to redeem herself after the 317 pin that Aaliyah's got T-shirts and everything for now. They recapped all that. Um, and, of course, Aaliyah in initially almost rolls up Natalia at the bell. Natalia, though, she's more skilled. She takes over. Aaliyah fights back there. Hurricane Rana, Fez Press, uh, hits a bulldog on Natalia, gets a two count. Then Natalia fires up, fights back, rocks Aaliyah with that discus clothesline of hers, beat her around ringside, threw her into the barricade, and I could see this finish coming an absolute bloody mile off. They're fighting around ringside. Natalia's generally in control. The ref's getting up there. Six, seven, eight. Natalia goes to throw Aaliyah into the barricade. Aaliyah reverses, sends Natalia into it, slides in. Referee counts to 10. Aaliyah wins via countout. Oh, I don't know what I'm expected to say. It's all a prelude to the match that counts. Can I just type angles, promos, teasers, confrontations, something that builds anticipation for a match and it's just instead of... Uh, it's copy and paste booking that... Warrants only copy and paste takes. How many things on SmackDown have been going on just round and around and around? It's a worst show on television. At least a month. Right, let's run through this. Naomi and Sonya Deville. Months. Months. That's plural. been going on. Natalia and Aaliyah. That's at least a month. Uh, Sheamus, Cesaro, Ridge Holland, and Ricochet. That just keeps going round and round and round. Sami Zayn Nakamura has been yep. going on for quite some time as well. It just... It was the worst show on television. <laughs> it is the, it's absolutely impervious to investment in discussion. Maybe it's and one of those things... Do the, what do the stands talk about in their circles about this? I thought there was a great match on this show, but I... I oh, it was a great match, but it made me sad. Yes. 
But then I also think, was it a great match? A very, it, it was a good match. It wasn't a great match. But yeah, was it a great match? Because no. I was like, hey, Meg, did you get less ugly? Yeah. Like, you're surrounding yourself with DQ, not DQs, that's the other show. Uh, it's countouts and, and brief matches where you've gone 50-50 on the same goddamn show. And then I'm like, oh, cool. A 10-minute match with a clean finish? Sounds good to me. I just, it, it, it baffles me, this. I just I find it perfectly understandable when you realise who you're dealing with. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next segment. because it's, It makes for bad content. But what do you want us to do? Like, what? I tried to put some jokes. I did a, a, a extended bit about babies just then. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, next we got Drew McIntyre oh on the warpath. God, this is another thing that we could have talked about a minute ago when there was things going around the houses. Yeah, they've been going on for this since... Well, it, was, it went into day one as a result of their feud, and it continued, well, to a certain extent, with no Drew McIntyre for a bit after day one because they're attacking him and trying to murder him, and the referees just sort of standing around and watching him whilst they, I think, tried to crush his larynx with a ladder, something like that. Anyway, McIntyre comes out. Great to see him back, of course. Uh, he talked about the fact that people told him, doctors told him he'd be out of action for several months. You're not making WrestleMania. You're certainly not making the Royal Rumble. Uh, but he didn't care. He trained hard. He returned at the Rumble. He's feeling for good. For this. Hmm? For this. Indeed. Uh, he said, look, just didn't quite do it at the Rumble. Came down to me and Lesnar. So 
Congratulations to him. I suppose that makes us one apiece now. I'll get back to that later. But he's here to turn his attention to Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Uh, this brings out uh, Happy Corbin, who interrupts him, mocks him, says, oh, yeah, you may have chucked us out, but you know, how did it feel to get thrown out and, you know, come so close and then get beaten by Brock Lesnar? He, he's basically trying to draw his attention so Madcap Moss can jump Drew McIntyre from behind. The crowd, to be fair, gets into it. They do the whole sort of he's behind you from the panto sort of thing. Uh, but McIntyre is more than aware of this. Points his sword, points Angela at Madcap Moss. And says, points Angela at Madcap Moss. These are sentences that we shouldn't be saying. He uh, he asks Madcap Moss for a joke because uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, he's heard about the Poo Day stuff and uh, he wants to see what he's got in his locker this time. Uh, Madcap Moss starts shooting on uh, Oklahoma City and he says, oh, no, I don't want to hear a joke about them. I want to hear a joke about, about me. And Madcap Moss, to his credit, <laughs> this, is, this is some good stuff. He says uh, something about what do uh, a criminal who's about to get with a get away with a crime and the WrestleMania main event have in common. They're both scot-free. And they do the usual babyface pretends to yuck it up with heel before claymoring uh, Madcap Moss's head off his shoulders. I did like the little idiot that he said into the mic. That was, that's the glimpse of the Drew that I want back, basically. Uh, and he promised Baron Corbin that he's next. Then we find out later on the show he's not because he's facing Madcap Moss again on pay-per-view, on premium live events. This is a better than normal, better than standard Madcap Moss joke. Yeah. Kind of, God, against my better reasoning, I kind of popped a Corbin yucking off camera. I don't know why that got me a little bit like, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Uh, this whole thing sucks. This uh, Drew versus Corbin at WrestleMania is literally like, shut it down. It does feel, you talked about it earlier. How does this make a billion dollars? How on <laughs> earth does this make one billion dollars? The, yeah, the game's gone, man. The game is gone. The old man at the top. So we want uh, Corbin versus Drew at WrestleMania. Ooh, that's like two big pay-per-views where Drew's had just... Jinder, wasn't he, faced at SummerSlam? Yeah. And then this. I feel so sorry for Drew. You know, it'll be a nice... Babyface squashing, annoying git of a heel. And you're like, oh, cool. What are we doing in the interim? Having to face Madcap Moss at the next show. But he, he comprehensively. Like, I had no problem with that match at day one. It was a good TV match, I thought. I thought, oh, yeah. Madcap Moss, he's got something about him for a, you know, ripped heater for, for Corbin. But, like, do I need to see it again? No. Do I need to see it in Saudi Arabia? Definitely not. Do I need to see any bad jokes on television? This one was all right. Yeah. Was everyone good. else, uh, all the other ones are terrible. Uh, right, they recap next. Uh, Sami Zayn crashing oh, the Jackass Forever Premier. Please get that date in the diary, by the way. Me, you, yeah. and Hanford, when we're actually going to go and see this, because I do I do want to go together. Uh, and he, they showed uh, Johnny Knoxville getting him thrown out and tasing him with the little cattle prod thing that he had. Uh, Zayn, once again, given just this... And he somehow gets it over apoplectic. Can they show that? Can they? Is that all right? Why are we doing this? Uh, he's furious that they've shown the footage. Uh, and he wants to know when on earth he's going to get that title shot. I genuinely forgot he's got. Uh, against uh, Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, they suggest next week. And he goes, well, not next week. Because uh, nah, I'm still getting over being electrocuted. So he instead, Postman Pierce eventually... 
uh, sets it up for in two weeks' time, the IC title match, uh, and he jokes about in, uh, inviting Johnny Knoxville, and uh, Sami Zayn's not happy about that either. In comes Natalia. She wants a match with Aaliyah that's submission or pinfall only. It's going to be dungeon style. Dungeon style. She's getting beaten at that end as well, isn't she? Oh, as long as she gets beat. How many times, how many years must I suffer in Natalia? This is in the in the goal for me. Don't care. Don't care it's what you're doing. Like, I'm sorry. She went away for a while, maybe. I, oh, Natalia's back. Who cares? Who's, who's, how's... No, but imagine that. Like a, tonight on SmackDown, a big return. Music hits. You ain't thinking Natalia's no, back, no. are you? I mean, I get worked every week. Yeah. Uh, anyway, is that, why, is that why I hate this company so much? Yes. Well, yeah. well, many, uh, there's a long there's, history. There's a plethora to quote the great Taz. Um, Sami Zayn, though, like he does know how to shine a turd, doesn't he? I, I guess I'm not uh, like it's Nakamura Zayn. It's like it's not going to be taken with Dallas. It's going to be like eight minutes of like two thrashed guys, one of whom cares about the character work, if not really the in-ring work, and another guy who cares about nothing. Does They'll have a three-and-a-quarter-star match that might be better than the most cynical projections, and then people are like, oh, this is great. Oh, fuck <laughs> watch Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi if you want to watch something great. Does Shinsuke Nakamura do the surfboard thingy, the submission thing? Because if not, why not? Because that's all we know that he does there. Like, that should be a little nod to be like, well, I'll do this, and then I can get back to... You know, on some level, I do appreciate it when the independent contractor just takes Vince McMahon for a ride. But I still, I still have to watch that ride, and it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty generic. Uh, well, Sami Zayn continued uh, by making an appearance on commentary for the next match. It was a championship contenders match: Shinsuke Nakamura uh, against Jinder Mahal. Oh my god! Uh, Booger's guitar wasn't working, and. Again, uh, Pat McAfee entertains me more than a lot of people um, by just singing the guitar part that was meant to be getting played as part of Shinsuke's entrance. Um, And then they did a match that they should have done uh, a few years ago at SummerSlam. Nakamura just dominated and won. That's what should have happened, but uh, still. uh, Yeah, Nakamura early advantage, sliding German suplex, goes for the Kinshasa, Mahal counters, uh, hits Nakamura with a knee. Three minutes and 15 seconds this match, Sage. Felt. Mahal then slowed down the pace with a chin lock. And Nakamura fights back. Kick to the head. Kinshasa, one, two, three. And then he sort of jaw jacks with Sami Zayn uh, ahead of the title match in a couple of weeks. I did check the timing on this one. Because I'm thinking, that didn't go long, did it? It felt like it. How did that only go three minutes? What do these people do with the concept of time? I've got no idea. It's magic. (laughs) This was... It had no right to be as painfully dull and monotonous as it was when it only went three minutes. I just... Like, Jinder Mahal is useless. <laughs> He's not over. He makes everything feel longer and less interesting than it is, which is already uninteresting, but short. I just... What a, this show is so bad. They recap Naomi. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sonia Deville's running at the Rumble. Naomi storms into the uh, boss's office, demands that Deville meets her out in the ring in five minutes' time. And Deville says, oh, can't be doing that. And uh, Naomi says, fine, next week then. She says, well, you're busy next week. You've got a uh, tile match with Charlotte Flair. And uh, she goes, yeah, well, how, how are you going to keep your word with that? And Postman Pierce says, no, 
Don't worry, it's going to happen next week. <sighs> I don't really know what to ask you for this. Okay. We'll just save for the preview. Yeah, good idea. Let's keep it tight. We've already hit the mid-roll, lads. It's just plain sailing from here. <laughs> then we got a hype package for gold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to strangle you. I genuinely thought, this is why I love this show. Because honestly, I was like, it was like, and I went, to the tune of Goldberg's theme. That's me pressing the skip forward 10 seconds button. Still on the flipping screen. Yeah, then they announced the Mad Cat Moss Drew McIntyre match of the chamber. And I went, shrugged, couldn't care less. And then we go backstage to, hey, Kayla. Uh, who runs in Natalia, asks her to preview her dungeon-style match with Aaliyah. Uh, and she goes, no, no, I'm going to go and tell Aaliyah myself. And she goes to walk into the women's locker room. And then Zia Lee comes out. No lightning fight at this point, though. Oh, she man. Maybe next Zia Lee. That's another one for the list. <laughs> it's got electric. That's what it is. Should we talk about the, the highlight of this show? Genuinely good match that came next. Yeah. Los Lotharios... Versus the New Day. Um, this obviously triggered by the New Day crashing a photo shoot for Valentine's Day that Los Lotharios were doing or something. Good baby faces. <laughs> Even when something's good, not only is it stupid, but it's also a little bit heartbreaking. But let's go through the recap. So devastating. Big E's officially on SmackDown now. Like, I know they said, oh, he's on SmackDown. But there's a bit of me that's like, yeah, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. So I was checking the website, and it was like, he's still on the banner for Monday Night Raw. You click on his superstar profile on WWE.com, he's still on Monday Night Raw. I'm sure Vince gives a massive toss about this. No, but I'm thinking that they, they say this, they go, oh, he's SmackDown. And then in two weeks, they go, actually, we need him for something on Monday Night Raw to put, I don't know, Kevin Owens over or whatever. And then literally this happened. I checked the WWE.com. Yeah, he's on SmackDown. He's not fighting for the world title at WrestleMania, is he? Slow realization of something that I'd. I had the slow I knew realization. Hap- I knew it was happening, but it was you know one of those things like, I won't, I can't, I can't bring myself to accept it in I, the immediate aftermath of the Royal Rumble. And now, I, I had the slow realization when he cashed in. You're never wrong, and it's not like a hot take. It's not. Basically, Wilborn, I know this clashes horrendously against your disposition. Think of the worst case scenario. Accept the worst case scenario, and when the worst case scenario invariably happens, you just don't care. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't care less. Maybe it's about your day. to finally be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. New, That's new, what I'm hoping new, for. New episodes of Sunny have dropped on Netflix. Cobra uh, Kai's past its best. Pam and Tommy? I've not watched it yet. Oh, it's good. What's your review of Pam and Tommy, Wilbur? Just uh, an excellent watch. Just really good performances from everyone involved in it. Anyway, let's get back to the wrestling, Sage. Big mini man, slap of meat. Big E. Yeah, uh, I thought we were still, still talking about Pam and Tom. <laughs> big E. He's a big meaty man. <laughs> big E, uh, yeah, he's a great tag team wrestler, but he was world champion like three months ago. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself here. Him and uh, Umberto. Petitioning for Shayna Baszler to capitalize on a 2020 Elimination Chamber performance next. This is the next two years of my life, by the way. <laughs> Tell me there's a chance. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Biggie and, and uh, Umberto are in there. Uh, Biggie actually holds Umberto, and Kingston hits him with a penalty kick. 
Uh, Kingston goes up top. Angel causes a distraction. Umberto takes over. Um, uh, even knocks Big E off the apron. Kingston fight back, fights back, though. Love this takes into the break. Goes for a dive, and Angel just nails him with a super kick on the outside. That looks spectacular. Uh, when we come back, Los Lotharios firmly in control. But uh, as Umberto attempted a moonsault, Kingston got his feet up. Big E gets a hot tag. He runs wild. Belly-to-belly -belly suplexes for everyone. Big splash on Angel. Goes to the big ending. Uh, Angel Garza slips out. That, what's he can't call him that, can you? Angel slips out, hits the backstabber. Um, New Day recover, though. Hit that doomsday bulldog for a great two count. Gets, gets broken up by Umberto. Um, Big E goes for that spear of his through the ropes. Um... But the guy moves, and then uh, Angel and I don't know how I'm pronouncing his name now. I've forgotten how we meant to do it. Okay. Angel uh, hits a moonsault onto Big E on the outside, and it looks like they are going to pin Kofi Kingston. They hit their doomsday drop kick thing uh, on him, but he kicks out right at the last second. He recovers, uh, and as they're trying to double-team him, he hits that double foot stomp to regain control. New Day fight back, and they hit the midnight hour and get the victory. This was the highlight of the show, wasn't it? Yeah, hot action. Hot, heartbreaking action because this is wrestled with an intent and purpose to actually excite the crowd, obscure an incredibly predictable win. Very well, I thought. Mm. There were some great near falls. The content was good. The one person, the, literally the one person, or the, the four people, but like the one person who thought, you know what? This looks like a piece on paper, this show. No one's going to care about it. It looks awful. I'm going to. Go to work. I'm going to go to work and leave this arena full of people with a decent memory from this terrible TV taping that they've attended and probably left disappointed by. And they thought, that person can at least say, I saw the New Day show out in a really good match. And the one person who's part of this initiative almost to make people care about this otherwise terrible show is the guy who, whose enthusiasm for the job and whose well, great, ironically enough, is not going to have that reciprocated. God bless Big E. Just start phoning it in, lad. Start it deserves so it much in. better, doesn't it? Start phoning it in. Don't do this. Just work your gentlemen's threes. Do your poses. F start phoning it in because <laughs> it's just heartbreaking to see you actually go full bloody pelt here. Right, it's time for Ronda Rousey's WrestleMania announcement, but first we have to get a lifetime of Charlotte Flair in the goddamn ring, apparently. Uh, she comes out, Sonya Deville's in there, and Sonya Deville announces that Becky Lynch has told her that Ronda is going to face her at WrestleMania. They're going to have a contract, and they'll probably sign that on Monday Night Raw. Um, and so, Charlotte, you can choose your own opponent for WrestleMania, and she bangs on. Uh, about being on top since 2015, winning ever since she showed up. Uh, Ronda's been off farming, and she had a baby. And, you know, I'm not saying that Ronda isn't a game-changer, but let's be honest, she's going to pick Becky because mom versus mom is an easier route to take. Uh, Charlotte says she's never been more confident in herself. She is the main event of WrestleMania. She is the opportunity. Uh, if Ronda wants to take on someone on the undercard, fine, I'll take on someone else in the main event, she says. She asks the crowd who they want her to face, and she says, you know what, I'm going to pick someone who isn't even here tonight. I'll face Sasha Banks in res at WrestleMania, uh, and I wish you were here, Sasha, to thank me for the opportunity, but I'll have a contract waiting for you when you are here. Ronda Rousey's music hits. Um, crowd gets 
Very excited by all this. Ronda, of course, uh, gets down to the ring, drinks it all in and announces, look, can't stop talking about it, you two, can you? I'm the one who won the Rumble. I get to make the decisions. I get to choose who is in the WrestleMania main event with me. Um, but yes, I've been away. Uh, I've become a mom, and that did change my perspective. I, by that, I mean, I didn't fly across the country through a goddamn ice storm to ha- with my baby to have a chat. I want to teach my daughter the family business of kicking ass. Uh, and the crowd goes wild. Ronda Rousey chants. Uh, she says, Charlotte, you're not special. You're just first. I'll see you at WrestleMania, bitch. God, this promo needed that bitch. Uh, and Charlotte says, fine. I'm happy to be back in the main event of WrestleMania. And you know what? I've got my baby. Holds up the SmackDown Women's title. And it's prettier than yours, Ronda. Ronda takes off her jacket. DeVille says, no, come on, let's try and keep she this. She knows what jackets do. She knows what it's like to take off the goddamn jacket. Sonia tries to sort of cut her all off uh, and then exert some sort of authority. Charlotte tries to jump Ronda. Um, but then as Ronda goes to take out Charlotte, Sonia DeVille inexplicably jumps on her back. That allows Ronda to hit Sonia DeVille whilst Charlotte legs it with the Piper's pit and armbar her. And stand tall as the show goes off the air. The DeVille thing's an interesting wrinkle, which basically prolongs the genuinely horrific promos that still away at us. This was a little bit better than my bedrock low expectations. The line of the, the baby line was good. Maybe Ronda should have just absolutely battered it and did a pull apart brawl because if there's one thing that you don't talk about, it's someone's kids. And the fact that she didn't get a measure of like, don't do that, I'll smack you daft. That's possibly a... They should have saved that. If they were going to do a big pull-apart brawl, they should have saved... That line was so good and so worthy of a goddamn ass-kicking, family business style. Should have saved that line for when they do the pull-apart because that's another trope that they'll do. This is better than I expected. Yeah. I was, just to be clear, I expected a promo exchange that was worst of all time caliber. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think watching this, and I think I'd already heard probably uh, on social media or something over the weekend, because I didn't watch this till Sunday night, that it was official. Oh, we're getting Ronda versus Charlotte. And did I stay up for this one? Didn't stay up for this one, no. Um, but I did, uh, I sort of anticipate it, obviously, for, since, since effectively the Royal Rumble weekend. I think we were reporting it even before the show went on the air. And I, I was annoyed, obviously, because I want, I want to see Becky versus Ronda one-on-one. And as, as much as they're saying, well, we're doing that in a year, I'm like, well, are you? Think Should you? A lot can change in a year. Should you? But the dynamic is is far better here than than if you had Ronda versus Becky and Ronda was babyface and Becky is heel. Like, everyone despises Charlotte Flair, so we'll take almost anyone. And Ronda Rousey, like you say, it was a better, far better promo than what she did on Monday Night Raw. Uh, well, not far better, better promo than what she did on Monday Night Raw. And, yeah, you've got an intriguing dynamic going forward of not only now Sonia and Ronda, but Sonia and her position of power uh, and Ronda, which means you can probably have Ronda run through, I don't know, a series of security people who slowly feed for her, and that'll make her look mint. So, yeah, this this was, like you say, better than expected on a show that was all out of the shop. Yeah, it's still not something I'm absolutely doing cartwheels for, like. No. But SmackDown is so bad. Don't worry, you get rampage. I, I, I know, but I'm already worried about two weeks' time. 
Does that mean you get the go home for a chamber? I've got to get a contract signing. Whoop de bleeding do. Well, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why well, say you can follow both of us? You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. I've uh, got the AW Rampage review with myself and Michael Hamlet to come later. And it's a double whammy for you today. Me, Sid, and Hamlet will be here to preview Monday Night Raw later on today. We've got a new game. Oh, we we've do? We've got a new game. I don't think we've even told Hamlet about the game. Should we drop it in the office or before we record? We'll have to be in the office so he gets yeah, to prepare for the game. Prep it, but... Oh, yeah, check out that later. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. But this has been, for now, been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 